All right, guys, uh, welcome to a Dram of Diving. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that we have our YouTube channel up and running. I uploaded a bunch of stuff the other night. Uh, it's basically re we uh, redone versions of our Facebook Live uh, that's just posted on YouTube that might be a little bit easier for you to navigate and find. So today we are discussing uh, removal of artifacts from shipwrecks. Um, should this be done? Should this not be done? uh to what level uh, where are we you know where are we talking uh lots of different opinions on this sometimes it gets heated uh we're just asking that we keep this all adult uh and we have a conversation with it i'm going to try to moderate this to the best of my ability uh, we have different guests joining us throughout uh i'm going to post in the chat here and it's a link into the green room essentially uh if i can get you in that is you know i would i would like to hear from you uh but we have some people that are a little bit nervous about getting on there which is completely understood uh and some people that want to be heard uh we'll see how this goes and go from there basically the idea is uh discussion of if we have a shipwreck uh do we want to leave uh, the artifacts in the shipwreck, on the shipwreck, around the shipwreck, uh, or do we want to pull them off and either donate them to a museum or what do we do with those artifacts? How do we go from there? Uh, yeah, uh, Ross and Chris um, had uh, originally said that they would have chimed in, but apparently everybody's back working or something. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I know Aaron Argostrom is planning on, oh, good video is crapping out. Uh, Aaron Argostrom is planning on joining us pretty soon as well as, as is Mark Powell. Um, and then, uh, oh, Aaron's just jumping on right now. I'll put him on in a second. Uh, Aaron and, uh, Hopefully, Jeff Gaudreau, uh, he is currently delivering meat, uh, so we will see what ends up happening with that. So I believe, without further, uh, as Aaron says, without further ado, uh, we will get Aaron on here really quick and go from there. Um, so I'm going to, Aaron, are you good to go? Yeah, all good, buddy. All right. All right, beautiful. I'm going to turn you on then. All right, hey bud, how's it going? Good, you? Yeah, not too bad. Just a lot happening yeah. over here, but uh, all yeah. good. Good, 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 good. So, uh, hot topic uh, in general. Hopefully, we're going to have some people, other people, join us. I know that you're getting ready for doing your show. What time are you on it? A couple hours? Yeah, so it would be uh, two hours from now. We're on with uh, Jim Standing and Paul Strike from Fourth Element. Nice, excellent. So. Uh, basically, we're just looking for people's opinions uh, on whether artifacts should be removed from wrecks, uh, and if so or if not, kind of what the stipulations are there and what your opinions are. I mean, you're you're a uh, accomplished wreck diver, so I'd be really interested in hearing your opinion on this. Sure, um, I can maybe just talk a little bit about my background in wrecks and what yeah. kind of wreck diving I've been doing, um, and where my thoughts have maybe developed during my wreck diving career. So um, as all of you watching, I um, I was usually just going out to the to the most of the hotspots that were available uh, worldwide um, in infrequently visited dive spots and, and diving the local wrecks that were around. They maybe didn't have a lot of history tied to it uh, or a lot of artifacts for that matter, because most of them had you know, drilled holes. They were all made for advanced open water divers with, with rec certifications and whatever. So they're all very straightforward. Uh, everything that was considered dangerous uh, or any artifacts for that matter were, were taken off the ship before it was scuttled, right? Yeah. Um, shortly after that, well, after all that stuff, I started to dip my toes a little bit deeper into wreck diving. Uh, I think when we discovered our first wreck, U.S. Coast Guard Car Alexander Hamilton, uh, a U.S. Coast Guard cutter, like I said, there was 25 people still on the ship at 330 feet, and they had been for 70, you know, two years or whatever. So that's a U.S. war grave. 
I am by law obviously not allowed to take anything. I'm not. I, I, I didn't touch it, uh, except when we put the memorial plaque on for the soldiers, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that that's now we touched on the on the recreational wrecks that are made for divers to enjoy quite easily, and this is kind of the opposite. Um, a war grave where you can't and shouldn't touch anything, and then we have something that's. I guess kind of in the middle. We got, you know, for example, truck. Truck is uh, a place with over fifty wrecks, and they are, you know, heavily one of the wreck meccas in the world. People visit them incessantly, but it's also a, a war grave, right? Five thousand Japanese mm -hmm. people uh, died in that conflict, and also obviously Americans, but the majority were Japanese. So again, that then that, that, you ask yourself, well, is it now okay to collect the souvenir? Um, I know a lot of people that have souvenirs from truck in their house right now, and some really? of them, some of them took them in the seventies, some of them in the eighties, some of them in the nineties, some of them did a couple of years ago. It doesn't really change the fact that all the people that come after you, they won't be able to see what you saw, and what's sitting on your mantelpiece is now really only reserved for you and your friends. That, that's the raw truth of the matter, to be honest with you. Um, and some of the wrecks, I mean, uh, in truck, you know, there's one wreck where we have hundreds of medicine bottles in one designated area where they used to be. And I'm, I'm diving there frequently since 2017, right? So there must have been thousands and thousands in the last 40 years. And now in 2020, I was there, you know, in January last time. And... Mm -hmm. uh, there must have been like a couple dozen left, less than a hundred. So now they're practically gone, and and these are you know beautiful artifacts that are really amazing to see. Um, so there is this aspect of it, you know, these things will disappear for the fact for other people to see. Uh, then we have the bit of more extreme side of things in the UK, for example, in Scapa Flow, uh, World War One, uh, wrecks were. Um, my God, people people take portholes, you know, they're not taking small yeah. stuff. They're taking big chunks of the wreck with them. And again, it's a mantelpiece. And I, I get it. It looks beautiful. And I think all these things look beautiful. And I'd love to have them on my mantelpiece. But at the same time, I mean, if we all did that, what what would there be left? Um, so I, my closing argument would maybe be since... For example, in bikini, again, no casualties, uh, at least not during the operation, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but afterwards. Um, now we have lots of, of battleships, aircraft carriers, and the rest of it, again, with tons of artifacts. And again, I know people that have taken things off. Um, I don't allow anybody to do this kind of stuff on my trips, obviously. Um, however... Uh, the only thing I've taken from uh, a wreck ever in my career has to be a cave line. And that's when I, well, an overhead environment line. So there was a permanent guideline that was being used uh, in the Saratoga, the aircraft carrier in Bikini. And there was parts of it that needed replacing because it was just, just about to snap. And as I was cleaning it up and replaced the line, uh, instead of throwing the line in the garbage, I took it with me home. And that's just like a sentimental... Mm -hmm. thing for me but it was going in the bin anyway i was not going to leave you know a piece of line inside the wreck so this is kind of my my opinion that works uh so i mean obviously there's going to be lots of different opinions and some people are going to be willing to jump on and not willing to jump on but like say with the bottles behind me some are actual really like actually bottles and some are wine bottles yeah. that are like sure. recent that just look nice uh What's your opinion on maybe a, a wine bottle here and there from around the wreck? Maybe not necessarily going inside the wreck, but something that's kind of offshoot on the side. Um, I, I personally, I, I couldn't promote me myself taking anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I couldn't because it, then yeah. I would be encouraging hundreds of people that are on my trips uh, every year to, to follow my lead. So personally, I, I can't do it. I, I just can't. Uh, I'd love to. And, uh, you know, it'd be a dream to have a you know 200 old uh, whiskey bottle or something in the in the in the living room, but 
it's gonna have to be for another day. It, it's it's one of those things for me. I just I have to be a role model uh, because I'm in that position. Um, yep. If somebody gave it to me and it's already out of the water and I have no idea where it's from, I'd probably be very happy. But again, um, me taking it myself, I could. Yeah, that works. Well, I appreciate your time, Aaron. Thank you for no jumping worries. on and giving us your opinion. Uh, and everybody's being like super crazy adult and like, like their lips are shut on the chat, which is kind of amazing. I thought it would be way worse over there, but um, <laughs> they're all hanging out there. Uh, I think everybody's trying to feel out the room. So I appreciate it. Uh, I'm hoping to join in with you later. Uh, and I'm going to sure. switch over to uh, Mark Powell really quick. Uh, right. Do you want to say hi to him or are you going to jump off? Here, let well, me put I, him on I here. can stay for a little bit. We, we just had okay. last week. I wouldn't mind. Okay. That works. Whenever you need to run, just tell us. All, All right. right. Cool. All right. We're bringing Mark in right now. Mark's in now. There he is. It's hey, on. Mark. <laughs> Hey, Jason and Aaron. Uh, nice to see you on time for this uh, this one, Aaron. <laughs> you're not you're not nice. wasting any time there. It's just straight away. <clears throat> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard it, Mark. Uh, Aaron kind of give us a rundown of his opinion on uh, removal of artifacts from Rex. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on removal of artifacts from Rex, Mark? Um, yeah, I heard uh, Aaron's comments, and uh, I've got to say, I uh, you know I agree with uh, with everything he said, especially that point about being the role model. Um, I guess uh, I've got a slightly different um, take on it, though, because uh, you know Aaron said he's he's only ever taken a line from a wreck. I've taken things off wrecks in in the past. Uh, as a UK wreck diver, it was part of the culture. You know, you go back yeah. twenty, thirty years ago. It was it was part of the culture, um, and so yeah, I, I did take things off back in the uh, in the bad old days. Um, I think what what's really interesting is that one of the justifications that we used to use um, is that well, if I don't take it, the next diver will. Um, so I think part of it has got to do with the the culture. You know, I've dived in other places where it's absolutely forbidden, illegal um, to take. Uh, things off um, and so I think it's it's not just down to the individual divers it's about the um, the whole the whole culture around it um, the other thing uh, as well I think you know it, one of the things that I remember saying to, to Aaron um, when we were in truck is you know after we'd been in uh, one of the engine rooms I said you know this is what an engine room is supposed to look like the trouble with diving many of the wrecks now around the, the UK is that they've been so stripped that um, they're, they're big empty rooms. Um, yes, okay, it's got the, the boiler in there, um, it's got the big stuff, but it doesn't have all of the uh, uh, the machinery, it doesn't have all the, all the gauges. Um, and, and diving an engine room which is intact, like the, the ones in truck, is a very, very different uh, story. I mean, you can actually see how the things work. You can see the indicator lights. And that, to me, is just a much, much better dive. So I think the, um, the, the way that we've got to look at it as, a, as an industry is that leaving things on the wreck is just better for business. Uh, you know, if your business is tourism, then you're going to attract more people to a wreck which has got more things on it. Uh, if you run a dive center and you've got a choice of having a, a you know, keeping the wreck pristine, um, then it's just much, much better for business. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's, it's down to the industry as a whole to sort of create this idea that, you know, we're better off leaving it there um, most of the time. Um, and I think one of the, the really interesting things um, you know, because everyone's going to be politically correct. One of the really interesting things is when is it justified, even today, to take yeah. things off wrecks? Uh, and I think there are some uh, some cases when uh, when when it's uh, when it is justified. So, Aaron, what do you think? Would there be any time when you would take something off a wreck? Well, like I think what you said about the culture is very apt because you know you you. I'm obviously from the younger generation. I'm what, 30, 33, right? And uh, when I started diving, <laughs> oh, don't, don't start now. When I started diving in, in truck, for example, you know, this was many, many years, 40 plus years since people started diving it, right? And uh, when Jacques Cousteau was, was doing his thing, for example, in truck, uh, they, they took home, you know, 10 tons of stuff from, from the wrecks. I mean, you imagine. So 
again, it's like what you said, it was a different culture, but I find it kind of uplifting that when I started getting seriously into it and the, and the subject was raised, you know, not, not more than maybe five years ago, I was instilled with that attitude very early on and I've continued with it. So that gives me a little bit of hope when we look at wreck divers in the future, um, what the industry seems to be resonating now, because this was all I ever heard. I didn't hear many brass hunters saying, let's go grab stuff. Right. But at the same time, there's plenty of instances where it, it could be, you know, it, it depends. Where is it going? Is it going to a museum? Is it going for science? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, yeah. Now all the chatter started on the side. You guys are starting to stir up everybody, uh, <laughs> which was to be expected. Um, all right. So let's grab this one here. Uh, good point. Uh, but then who decides the age of deterioration? Uh, if you guys are making comments, just kind of give us an uh, indicator of what you're talking about, because there might be a slight delay before we can throw it up there. But that's good. Um, so, you know, where do you decide that age of deterioration? Uh, it's kind of based off the diver's opinion, right? So. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what I was getting at. You know, it's it's not an easy decision. Um, you know, I would take something off a wreck to preserve it, uh, you know, if I thought it was going to be lost. But then, you know, that's a, it's a great question. Um, who decides that? Who decides when it's about to, to be lost? Um, and I think that's where the real gray area uh, comes in. You know, if it's if it's a well-preserved wreck and, um, you know, you can tell it's going to be there for another 10 or 20 years, it's a no-brainer. But who decides when, uh, you know, when, when a, a piece of an, an artifact is at risk of, of being lost? So it's a tough question. Um, if you make that decision, somebody else will say, no, you're, you're wrong. You should have left it there longer. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very difficult decision. I have a I have a point that I just remembered. Um, if we weren't all in quarantine right now, I'm supposed to be in Thailand right now, actually, where they're doing an uh, expedition to the Lagarto, the submarine Lagarto in Thailand, flying at 70 meters. And uh, there there is an initial expedition that was supposed to leave, I think, 10 days, two weeks ago, so a week before we start. And one of the first objectives they had on the expedition was just to check if the wreck was still there, because... There has been so much pillaging in the area of people hunting for scrap metal. It's they've taken wrecks out of the water simply. So again, that's one thing where you where you could go, wow, okay. So all the wrecks in the area have been simply pillaged to the to the point where they've been completely taken out of the water. Do you salvage something for a museum? I mean, this was supposed to happen this week. Right. And that's so that was the point that I was going to make is, is when I was getting into diving, what got me to this point is like the Titanic, ex, the Titanic uh, exhibits at some of the museums and being able to see the artifacts and being like, oh my God, that's underwater. I, I so want to see that. And then, you know, when I was doing my instructor course, uh, 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 Dick Rutowski had a uh, Doria plate hanging up and I was like, I just want to, I want to see that stuff. And if it, we're in a different age now with the amount of, electronics that we have and we can see the video and we can see the pictures and and it's a little more uh prolific that way so but to me being able to see those was what kind of kicked me off to yeah. really wanting to go and i see it from a standpoint people walk in and see the bottles that are behind me and they go how do i see that stuff uh, and it makes it a little bit more tangible but like you guys are saying how do we know one one way versus the other on when's a good way to take it um um, ooh, Ross, interesting question. What percentage of divers do we think are in this for the artifacts only? I guess is what he's probably trying to get at. Um, like who's going just, you know, as they call them, the brass hounds. Who are the brass hounds? Who's just looking for glass? Who's looking for that versus who's diving to dive? What are you guys' thoughts? I think uh, these days it's a lot less than it used to be. Um, you know, uh, in the early days, in UK diving, that was that was it. You know, you'd have clubs that would go out and would salvage the entire uh, propeller of a of a ship. Um, so I think it's a much smaller proportion uh, these days. Um, I guess um, it, it's going to vary hugely by uh, by countries. I mean, that that's something that uh, you know. I think the UK and the US still a little bit has that culture. 
there are there are some countries where it's just outright illegal. Uh, you cannot take anything off the wreck. So in those countries, pretty much zero. Um, but yeah, I think in the in the UK, in the US, probably there's still a single digit percentage number of people whose main purpose is um, uh, is is to lift stuff. I would guess. Aaron, thoughts? Um, yeah, I resonate pretty much with what Mark said right there. Um, one one funny story that came to mind was you got to be careful with what you're actually taking out of the wrecks. I, I literally just remembered a guy that got something in truck, you know, a nice artifact that he wasn't really sure what it was. He put it in his pocket. He was caught in Guam by the U.S. Army and it was a bomb detonator. And he got a huge, <laughs> Man. huge fine. And was thrown in jail. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah so that's, there's the legal aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that when, is very interesting. Because you were saying it was it was downright illegal. It, it damn right is, especially when it's bomb equipment. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they don't don't have a good sense of humor when it comes to that sort of stuff. <laughs> no, they they don't. Yeah. Oh, but it's just rusty garbage, you know. No, it's not. <laughs> no, that that takes it to a whole other level. That's not just a bottle. Uh, wow. Uh, let's see. I had another comment here. I wanted to throw up there. Uh, where to go? Public. Jocelyn. Joe has this to say. Should you have some sort of permit or uh, some archaeological reason for preservation of artifacts? Um, like at the SOS uh, Save Ontario Shipwrecks rules in the Great Lakes. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Mark? Um, I think that's a great idea. Um, I think actually that's one of the the problems. Divers and archaeologists have had a, it's not even a love-hate relationship. They've had a hate-hate relationship. Um, you know, archaeologists think that all divers just go down and pillage everything on a wreck. Um, and all divers think that archaeologists just want to stop them diving uh, on a wreck. I think um, if there was some way of getting archaeologists and divers to work together, uh, that that would be a, a, a great solution. Um, you know, if the archaeologists were keeping an eye on the, the wreck through video that divers were producing and then uh, and then, you know, made some decisions about, yeah, now's the time to lift that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's that's potentially the the interesting bits, because, you know, most uh, most divers are. Uh, amateur archaeologists we're in it for the history we love the we love wrecks we love the exploring them you know we're we're amateur archaeologists and most archaeologists don't want to go underwater so it always frustrates me that there isn't a better link between the the, the two communities yes yeah that is that is definitely the case um the the SOS is doing a lot of good stuff up here. We're, we're in a very different situation um, for, you know, uh, four hour drive. I can go out to the, uh, to the New Jersey coastline and it is a very different thought process than an hour North of me to the St. Lawrence river. Uh, very, very different. Uh, it kind of, it's bottles are fairly fair game up in the St. Lawrence river, but other than that, we don't touch anything. And, you know, off the coast of New York, New Jersey, it's a very different thought process, um, if you will. Uh, I can't totally speak for them in any way, shape, or form. I sh we should have a couple people jumping on here fairly soon. Um, oh, and they're right here right now. Um, so why don't, Aaron, why don't I let you go do your thing? Um, yeah. And actually, uh, I'll let you run off and do your thing also, Mark. And I, I got a couple people that are trying to jump in there. Um, feel free if you want to jump back on and debate, you're more than welcome to, but I'm going to try and separate the two camps so we don't get any direct action between <laughs> them. That works for you guys. <laughs> All right. See you later. All right, guys. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. I'm going to jump these guys on in a minute. All right. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Cheers. Right, Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much. All right. I'm going to bring Danny Rivera in right now. Let me make sure that he's actually ready here. Um, all right, so I'm going to hide you guys, hide you, and Danny is going to be in three, two, one. Oh, boy. Hello, bud. What's up? <laughs> oh, well, let me turn you on. There we go. All right, now you're on. You immediately think I'm in the uh, Let's Take Artifact camp. 
No, I just, I've just had plenty of conversations with you that I don't know what direction you're going to go. It's better to keep you separate, separate from the general public. We've already, we all know this, right? <laughs> well, uh, that's fair. Very fair. Yeah. So what's your opinion, bud? So I agree and disagree completely with everything everybody said. <laughs> and so, this is why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at first, when I first started diving, I was in the do not take anything because it would be more interesting for us uh, as divers. Um, as I've grown, part of the excitement, part of the best part of diving is finding something uh, that nobody else is going to see, nobody else is going to find. Uh, and that's part of the excitement of wreck diving in the Northeast. Uh, I think it's, it's already been said. A lot of the places where they have pristine wrecks, especially freshwater and stuff like that, yeah, we shouldn't be touching these wrecks. They are far more interesting when they're completely intact. Um, but a lot of guys said in the uh, the comments, when you have these wrecks that are deteriorating, where in two years, another season, you know, maybe next week, you won't have a chance to see these no matter what. So it's better to have somebody have it in their living room or show it off at an artifact night at a dive club meeting. Then, then for it to just lay down there and, and do nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is a, a, a common sentiment that we hear back and forth from, from different people uh, in, especially in New York, New Jersey area. Uh, Jeff Goudreau is going to join us in a couple of minutes that um, I think I know where he stands on this whole thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, the, the classic brass hounds and that's, you know, the discussion both ways is, you know, if you leave it for other people to see, it's that experience that they get underwater that like, like Mark was saying, where, you know, uh, they get the experience, they get to see it, they get to see how it works. But at the same time, if you bring it up and you show it to people, maybe they've never seen it before. Maybe they, they will never have the chance. Maybe it's going to deteriorate. And it's, it's a very interesting conversation we need to have. Right. So. Well, I think, uh, I know uh, Jeff makes a, a really, really good point, and he'll probably make it later. Um, he's digging around in the mud at 300 feet, you know, two feet down with his arms into it. No ordinary diver is going to see that unless he brings it up. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe in 20, 30 years, we'll have better archaeological technologies, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to, to save all of these wrecks that we have. But there's two, two sides of it. Not all these wrecks are historically important. So, yep. you know, the fact that we're calling them artifacts rather than sometimes what they are is just a lot of garbage uh, that we're finding on the, uh, the sea floor. I, I don't know. I don't see the, the real problem with it. You know, if you do it in truck, yeah, there's a problem. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 Know. Especially yeah. if you and take a bomb little... detonator, like Aaron said. Yeah. <laughs> like... but, but some of the wrecks yeah. here in uh, New York, New Jersey, freighters, stuff like that, uh, I don't know. I just don't see the the big deal with taking what you find. Yeah. Um, let's see. Suddenly, uh, let me take as many Doria plates as I possibly can, and then and then keep them in my attic. I think he's being a little sarcastic there. I'm not sure what he's up to there. Um, but well, think, uh, is he mad that he didn't find any when he did the uh, the wreck? <laughs> he did it. He does have a great story about um, who was uh, I forget who actually took it, but uh, they found a nice little bottle for him on the Doria. So. It's a great little story. Um, uh, is it take a pic? Oh, interesting. Isn't it better to take a picture and leave it for others to see rather than keeping it for yourself? Um, go ahead, field that. I, I I have you guys here to do this. I'm just moderating. Why <laughs> why am I answering questions? Go ahead, tell me what you think, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes. Uh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, my rules for if I'm going to be uh, taking something or not taking something is really, really arbitrary. Uh, you know, I have certain wrecks that I have no problem uh, trying to rip apart as much as I possibly can. And other ones, I won't touch anything. Uh, but right. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's that's a fantastic way to do it. And other times. No, just take it. I can show you a yeah, picture and, on Facebook afterwards. Yeah. And that's uh, to play devil's advocate or something. But. Like the bottles behind me. Okay. Does does that does, that doesn't do anything for anybody? I mean, maybe like, oh, it's a cool bottle collection. But if I hand somebody 
this torpedo bottle and they actually get to touch it and see the hand blown, you know, the the gas from being hand blown in there, it it changes. It's it's a very different reaction that people have to that when they can actually see it, touch it, and and they are immediately drawn. When they walk in the shop, they're immediately drawn to these. Where did you find these? How can I get to them? Um so that's it, it. I think it does elicit a very different response actually physically seeing it. Well, you know, um, the other one, Meg teeth. You see Megalodon teeth, you're like, oh, that's a great picture of one. You see somebody holding it. But when you actually get one in your hand, it is a very different experience um, completely. Yeah, I mean, um, but like a, the same thing. Is there any historical uh, significance in leaving a Meg tooth in the river? Oh, God, no. I, hopefully not. I want all of them in my I mean, store. But what's the, the difference? You know, what's right. the difference between yeah. taking a plate or a bottle off of a wreck that's not necessarily historically significant and uh, that is deteriorating and that isn't a war grave? You know, what's the difference between yeah. taking a bottle or something off of that and a meg tooth or, you know, anything else that you could find out there in the ocean? Yeah. All right. Um, the meat master himself, the real Jeff Gaudreau, seems to be here with us. So I'm going to. Throw him on the on here. He's going to come up in three, two, one. There he is. A little bit of background noise, Danny. You got to go towards your middle a little bit. We lost you. Yeah. you know, oh my God! Not the meat master himself. I'm the Jeff meat Goodrow. master himself, Jeff Goodrow. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I'm running a few minutes late. I, I had the day planned out and I hit some traffic. So the uh, but uh, no I, I haven't really been able to follow the conversation. So you might have to give me the the, That's the right. ten second overview here. The 10 second overview is essentially uh, if you can see it, uh, other people should be able to see it and they should be able to experience that for themselves. Uh, and we had the we should leave at camp. A um, couple of stories of taking stuff that is technically illegal, but we were talking more trunk, truck and bikini. Uh, and then we haven't really hit the east coast of the United States yet and those sorts of wrecks. Uh, but uh kind of discussion of deterioration versus not deteriorated uh, and where we're going with, with those wrecks. Uh, and it was just mixed opinions, basically. For yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. I, I understand the whole historic thing. Um, as somebody who hunts shipwrecks and has been a part of finding uh, a handful of shipwrecks, I know what goes into finding them. And, and the people who always say, well, leave it so everybody can see it. Quite frankly, you know, they ought to invest, you know, about a quarter million dollars in equipment and uh, get a team together and spend four or five years looking for a shipwreck. And when you when you find it, you can file a claim. You know, you can it's your it's your wreck. You can do whatever you want. You can leave everything right there. Um, I, I I don't have a lot of patience personally for the everybody claiming they're an archaeologist. You know, the real archaeologists. I, I, you know, I, I don't know whatever. To me, it's a you know <clears throat> you look at something like Stellwag and Bank Marine Sanctuary, like we have up here. You know, is, is a whale sanctuary. That's how they got it through and got it all passed we spend millions and millions a year in our tax dollars on their budget with all their staff and their boats and everything like that hundreds of thousands of dollars for them to go out and, and search for shipwrecks and they're listing you know fishing boats and schooners that were literally a dime a dozen um you, you got the the palm McCrary, they go ape shit over pardon my english they go apes over you know protecting <laughs> the pop sorry about that i'm, I'm in truck driver mode here hang on yeah it's all good there you go yes the meat truck <laughs> The and, meat uh, horn. You know, and what are they protecting? You got the Palmer Crary that they're, you know, oh, don't touch it. You can't hook it. You can't do anything to it. Whereas you got, uh, don't quote me, it's like the Hesper and the Luther up off of uh, up off of Maine up there, sitting in a harbor, rotting away. These, these are wrecks. You don't need to spend a hundred grand on an, RO, uh, an ROV and uh, research vessel to come look at, and they don't do anything with them. So the whole historical end of it is total BS, you know? Um, I, I you know, I, I am the number one brass hunter out there. I love it. I love finding brass. I love hunting this stuff. I just like looking for stuff. We recently, as you guys know, found a warship. We touched nothing. Everything is there because that is a true historic site and it is a war grave. Hand over, you know, nothing should be touched there. I didn't touch it. None of my guys touched it. And I hope people who go there in the future, if they ever do, uh, you know, don't touch anything. However, you take a World War II freighter where, you know, a thousand, a thousand of them were sunk. Literally a thousand ships. I mean, probably more than a thousand ships in the, in the North Atlantic were sunk. And it, what is it? There's nothing historic about it. There's nothing There's nothing special about it, you know? The the bell off the Machin, we found that. That thing was buried 297 feet deep 
buried under two feet of mud, and there was literally that much, I don't know if you can see me, there was that much brass sticking out of the mud uh, underneath the shipwreck, okay? Who the hell is ever going to see that? You post a picture of that on any scuba group, any scuba page, you know, I'm thinking the big one off the top of my head, I posted 40,000 people and 50,000 people in that group. More people see the picture of that bell than they ever would see diving this stuff. Now, you go to Truck Lagoon, I don't, I don't really know what's historic. I've never been to the, to tell you the truth, I'm a Northeast diver. I've been to the Caribbean once. I went to the Caribbean once in 2003. I've never been to the Pacific. I, I've been to the English Channel, you know, they like to hunt brass over there, you know. I, I don't really personally see what's historic about, you know, truck. I don't know. There were a bunch of Japanese freighters. They built thousands of them during the war. You know, whatever. People like to go take their pictures. It's a big tourist destination, so leave the stuff alone. You take stuff in the Great Lakes, the Baltics. These these shipwrecks will be around forever, hundreds of years. You know, our our great-grandkids will probably be going to Lake Superior and diving the Ginilda, diving these other wrecks, and they're going to look exactly or almost exactly the same as they do right now. However, you come to the North Atlantic, to the ocean, Stuff's gone in 40 years. We got an oil tanker off a Gloucester that sank in uh, 78, right? <clears throat> the thing's going to be a rust smear on the bottom in a matter of 50 years. There's nothing historic about this stuff. It's going to be gone. You know, all these people have no qualms about taking a bottle. You know, what's the difference between a porthole and a, and a, and a, and a soda can, right? It's trash. It's man-made debris that was not meant to ever be in the ocean. Brass is not going to break down like the steel's going to rust away on the shipwreck. You know, and it's and it, to me, it's... it's uh, <laughs> a bunch of people who don't want to put the legwork into finding this stuff for themselves and seeing it for the first time and being the ones who decide what happens to it, and they want to come along afterwards and bit... I caught myself again. Boy. And complain. And yeah. do nothing but complain. And I love it. I, you know, Me personally, you know me. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I post a picture on the scuba group just to get people all fired up, you know, and they get all torqued up for three days and, and the admins get all pissed at me and whatever, whatever, you know, I don't care. It's fun. Watch people melt down. <laughs> Leave that alone. Oh, no, thanks. I'm never going to get to see that again on the shipwreck. Really? You're going to dive 300 feet with your freaking single tank in 38 degree water underneath a shipwreck and dig the thing freaking 150 pound bell out of the mud? Come on. Get the hell out of here. So anyways, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. As you can tell, things are going really well for me today and I'm going to... Yeah, you're having a good day. Huh? I, don't, I don't know. I like 100% agree with Jeff. Like this is, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like my voting policies and everything like that. Yeah. Dean, you look like you need a haircut, man. Everybody laughs. At, yeah. Everybody laughs at the ball no guys. This I don't is, have the yeah. jungle bush, jungle head going on. So this yeah, is, this is staying around until uh, this is all over. <laughs> that I'm is not letting my wife touch it. Blow <laughs> <Slow> me <laughs> <yet. laughs> Nice. Anyway, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, and, and you know, everybody's got their opinion, and just like politics and everything else on it. But in, in the end, the people who are the ones complaining are the people who are never going to see this stuff. Ninety-nine percent of the time, are never going to see this stuff to begin with. You know, I mean, right, whatever. I think, you got, I think that. The, well, the, the, I think that gives you a very different opinion on this whole thing because you posted a lot of stuff. You're willing to go out there. You know, there's a couple people that have said, "Yeah, I'd love to join the conversation, but I don't want my name and face involved." Uh, but you're willing to put it out there, and, and <laughs> the real Jeff Cadrell, um, you're willing to put it out there. So you probably, you know, caught that, you know, that oh, you know, <coughs> took it so I couldn't see it, like you were saying, and it's 300 feet deep under mud. Like even if I did take a picture, it's the little, like you said, little piece of brass sticking out. What are you yeah, gonna see? From that? Yeah, you're gonna see a little lip of a bell. Both bells were actually like that, you know. But it's, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I I can think of really. Um, I think the Eagle is a historic wreck because of her her. Um, her military uh, exploits and her history. Um, the only other really truly historic wreck I can think of off of our coast is probably the Portland. You could probably make an, uh, an argument for the Portland just because of the, the story behind that and history behind that wreck. But you've got Stellwagen out there. You know, we're spending, it's our money, people. It's our tax dollars. You know, they're, they're spending thousands. And I think it's great. A buddy of mine is doing all their, their photo work, and I think it's fantastic. He's making a bunch of money, and it's good. I want to see that. But, you know, to identify fishing boats, the Joffrey, you know, the the North Star, you know, what I don't know, whatever the hell the thing's called. You know, they're going to put the Patriot in there as soon as it's eligible, old enough to be eligible for the National Historic Register. They're going to put the Patriot on it. There's a fiberglass fishing boat. I mean, come on. There's 10,000 of them in Gloucester Harbor. You can go to any any fishing port, New Bedford, Gloucester, Portland, all of these fishing ports, right? And they get all these old fishing boats. But suddenly, as soon as they hit the bottom of the ocean, they're historic. By the time that thing even hits the 100-year mark, it's going to be a... It'll be long gone, you know. So, 
I think it's a way, it's a creative way for, for the real archaeologists, I think it's a creative way for them to, I always compared them to, um, I always, people have heard this before, I've always compared them to like the fat guy in the office, and I say that as a fat guy, you know, the fat guy in the office brings <laughs> in a box of donuts, right, and they lick their finger and go, mine, 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 right, that's what they do, you know, the state, the, the you know, the federal government, NOAA, you know, they, they, they come in and bang, this is our wreck, this, we determine what happens on this and that, you know, and then you couple that with the people who, you know, nothing against I was, I'm a recreational at heart, you know, and, you know, they come in and come in, oh, I'm never going to get to see it. Well, <laughs> too bad you're never going to see it anyways, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you, more people see this stuff nowadays, particularly in social media terms, you know, once we can get stuff cleaned up and maybe bring the bell to, like, sea rovers, you're going to have thousands of more people see it than would ever have seen it on the bottom. You might be talking a couple dozen people in the world, you know, would, would have seen it on the bottom. So, yeah, I don't know, anyways, I'm repeating myself, but. That's yeah, I, I just I get I get I laugh at these people who just. I think know, it's important to uh, Jeff. I don't think you're you're not advocating for like breaking the law though, right? You're saying <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, uh, I, I, no, absolutely. I mean, you got to you got to abide by the laws. The laws are different from three miles to twelve miles, and then international waters. You know, um, international waters is fair game. Um, state state waters, you gotta you gotta you gotta abide by their rules. Is archaic as I think it is, you know, whatever, you know, there's a couple, I think back, there's a, on our beaches up here, there's a couple of like old, you know, they're wooden ribs, that's all they are, is wooden ribs, and they, they uncover every year, you know, every like 10, 15, 20 years, you get a big storm, and they uncover for a few, and, you know, and they, you'll, you'll find a state official down there, oh, this is property of Massachusetts, or this is property of New Hampshire, and this is, you know, nobody can touch this, nobody can take a brass spike, nobody can take a, a piece of wood homes, <laughs> You know, I mean, this is this is stuff that they burned on the beaches because they were an eyesore. You know, I think a one-off hull, they burned it to get rid of it, and suddenly it hits, it's historic now. I, I, I just think it gives a lot of people a way to suck tax dollars and, and give perceived importance. Anyways, I don't know. So, like I said, as far as the recreational divers, you know what I mean? Go for it. Everybody says, well, I want to see it, I want to see it, but as soon as they come across it, it suddenly ends up in their basement, whether it's a bottle <laughs> on their mantle or a freaking rivet or, you know, so, you know, I, it, 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 like I said, if you, re I had some friends, you know, that, that were given a presentation in front of several hundred people and somebody jumped up and said something about, uh, you know, well, you shouldn't be taking artifacts. Well, you know what? You invest a hundred grand and go find your own shipwreck and you can decide what happens to it. How about that? Nobody ever <laughs> wants to do that. No, no, no. They all want to complain on Facebook. Nobody ever wants to do that. I think of the money we have invested, and we're, we're, you know, we're just hobby hunters. That's all we're doing. You know, I mean, just between the rebreathers, the gear, the training, the boat, the mag, the side scans, you know, you're, you're easily a quarter million dollars, and that's nothing. You know, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Grace, a sonar, a side scan sonar can cost you a hundred grand. So go, yeah. go spend the money. Put your money where your mouth is. Go find a shipwreck, and you can decide. You go find your shipwreck, and you can do whatever you want with the artifacts that are laying down there. I don't care. Pull them up. Put them in a museum. Most museums don't want them. Most artifacts, everybody says put it in a museum. Most artifacts are in the basement of museums. We've got tours, several tours now of uh, maritime uh, museums and stuff like that. Their, their basements, their side areas and everything like that is full. I mean, they want the stuff that goes ching, 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 ching for the kids to play with and mommy and daddy to make a donation to. They don't want the stuff. You know, I was at um, the Navy History, History and Heritage Command. Uh great people by the way you know you want to talk about professional archaeologists you know these people are, are truly restoring historic artifacts from from warships they have like warehouses full they walked us through this stuff right they open and just draws and draws and draws and draws and draws of you know portholes from this wreck and a bell from this wreck they have an entire uh uh like i think it's a revolutionary if i recall it's like a revolutionary war ship that they pulled out of uh, maybe champlain or lakes or i don't know it's one of these places right and the ribs are just laid out in this warehouse i mean they have warehouses of this stuff and nobody wants the stuff but it's historic and you can't touch it anyway <laughs> so yeah i don't know so on that note <laughs> oh lord you are a character jeff <laughs> oh, i'll tell you what you got riled up today. The meat truck is just not your meat truck office. Is just <laughs> this is what I'm what I'm looking there. at right now. I'm sitting here parked. I was gonna try and, and uh, drive because I got like 400 miles to run today, but it uh, it didn't work out with the whole Bluetooth. I figured I'd do it as a phone call, but this is better. So, but uh, yeah. but I'm glad I can make it. And thank you for having me on. And uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there swearing at me and disagreeing with me right now. But oh well, uh, so too bad. 
so, so it's very interesting. There, there's a little sarcastic chit chat going back and forth and some people that are unwilling to put themselves out there or, or have, are intelligent enough to realize when they shouldn't speak in public. Um, yeah, it's it definitely. I, I caught the, the tail end of like you guys talking when, when I jumped on a second ago, you know, with Danny talking about like the Megalodon teeth. Like I said, everybody's like, oh, you should leave it alone. You shouldn't touch it until they come across it. And then suddenly, yeah. look what I found. Woo! You know what I mean? And, oh, and like that, a, a Megalodon tooth, a Shaq's tooth, uh, most of this brass is just, is it, it just looks like crap on the bottom until you get it all polished up. And I'll tell you, it puts a lot of time. I've been soaking a bell down for uh, three years. The big bell, just changing the water, changing the water. Because I, I don't know, some people like to just pull it out of the water and take a grinder to it. But that's not me. I, I, I like to uh, make sure stuff's cleaned out. And, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to take that. I'm going to have that professionally redone. It's going to cost me probably, you know, I think I'm looking at like two grand, $2,500 to have this thing done. And when it's done, it is going to look it is going to look spectacular. And it's going to be a true monument and a testament to the ship it came from. And, um, yeah. you know, we some of the recovery, I, I can think back to the Machin. Um, talking to the family members, the first thing they asked for was, was, Hey, do you think you can get me something from the ship? You know, something from our, our grandfather. And, and we had talked to, uh, the son of, uh, the, the, the ship, uh, the guy who, um, Mr. Machen, who was, uh, the ship was named after as a vice president of the agency. And we sent him some dishes and stuff like that. And it's like the greatest thing they've ever seen. You know, he has, he has a, a ship, the wheel from his first, from the ship, the first wheel as a, as a dining room table you know, with a glass top on it, you know, just something to remember them by. So that's the first thing. These are family members. This is basically their ship, you know, and this is what they're asking for. So, you know, these people, to me, they're selfish people. Oh, leave it alone, leave it alone, leave it alone. So I can go and take a picture with my, uh, my Conus 35. You know, you better get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. I got to I gotta jump off. I'm going to come off ship now. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll let you guys get on to the next one here. I got to get back on the road and get going so I can swear at some more people. That works. You, you enjoy your meat trucking. Um, hey, wait a minute. I got to give you a, I gotta give you a, hang on. I got to give you a proper. There you go. Yeah. The meat horn. <laughs> All right, guys. I got a book. I'll catch you later. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Talk to you. Bye. See you. Thanks, Danny. Take care. Right. Be safe. Bud. All right. Bye. All right. So. That has pretty much taken care of everybody that was ready and willing and actually puts us pretty darn close to an hour. Uh, and it was nice. We had uh, two people for the um, for the four and two people for the kind of against uh, removal of artifacts from the shipwrecks. Uh, I really appreciate everybody jumping on here uh, and joining us. And, and everybody is fairly adult in the comments, which was pretty nice. Um, I know some people were biting their tongues and there was some sarcasm and a little bit back and forth, but it's a good conversation to actually have. Uh, what are we talking about? Where are we at with artifacts? Where, what is the, oh, Ross, what is the ruling? The ruling is there is no ruling, Ross. Um, it is up to whatever trash panda you have with you at that, at that point in time. Uh, the... My standpoint is uh, kind of down the middle in the gray area. Um, I love bottles. Um, I would love to get some brass. Uh, it is the uh, the wrecks that I tend to do tend to be preserved. Uh, they are in the St. Lawrence River and Great Lakes. And they, like we were saying, are going to be there forever. Um, there is, there's, they're cold, they're deep, and they're going to be preserved. Uh the ones that are deteriorating off of New Jersey and New York, uh, you know, that's when you start talking about the fact that they're they're deteriorating as quickly as they are. And from my standpoint of what got me into this is seeing artifacts from Titanic and seeing and reading about uh, artifacts and touching and feeling stuff um, that changed everything for me. The first piece of coal, uh, I touched off of a wreck that was just even sitting in the mud next to it, basically instilled the fact that I wanted to continue on going forward. And obviously it's not all about me, but um, that's uh, that I think we can take back for um, a standpoint of, yeah, we want it to be there, but we, at the same time, we, we need to be able to, instill a love for to other people whether that is because they can see it but like jeff was saying uh if it's 300 feet under a bunch of mud and he found it 
or you found it, then that would be an item that if it's not historically significant, uh, besides the fact that it's wreck underwater, it, maybe it is some better up. Uh, and in, you know, like Jeff was saying, there's, there's museums that aren't necessarily going to display stuff, but at the same time, uh, maybe little individual museums. Um, we have some small museums and, and they're not getting as popular as they, as they used to be because of all the interactiveness that we have. But, uh, putting in a place where divers are highly congregated, maybe at some of the dive shows and, and things like that or, is a way we could go with, you know, showing off artifacts and, and getting new people involved. Uh, uh, Rob Parker. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is hard to find Rob hard to find bottles anymore with all the zebra mussels. I will tell you this. I, I tell the story quite frequently to, to people that ask about the bottles behind me. Um, uh, I found a beautiful bottle, what I what I thought was a beautiful bottle, just underneath the silt. It had just the most perfect round configuration to it. And I had already found two or three had in my pockets and we were in the middle of just a mud flat. And I just slammed my hand into the ground to grab that bottle. Uh, and it was a slimy, slithery eel that just popped out from under the water up in the St. Lawrence River. Uh, it was not a bottle at all, uh, but... Uh, I was totally expecting to palm a nice hard glass bottle and it was a slimy, squishy eel. Uh, I have no problem with aquatic life, but when you expect a bottle and it's slimy and squishy, then uh, it, it's like hugging Jeff Goudreau and expecting it to be a chiseled man. So um, I appreciate you guys all joining us here. Uh, we will post this on YouTube. Give us a like and follow on YouTube so we can post some more. Uh, we are going to have another show on Friday. Uh, talking to uh, Scott Scuba Service and some of their photography, uh, and we'll talk about that going forward. But yeah, join us on YouTube, join us on Facebook Live, keep up with the updates. Uh, thank you very much for everything, uh, and we will talk to you guys soon. Be safe, be healthy. Uh, talk to you. Thanks, guys. Bye.